anxiety, fear, burdens, pressures, and worry are a core part of being human. But during this season of COVID, these apprehensions and feelings of stress are accelerating all around us. And yet Jesus offers us an opportunity to say no to worry. However, it's hard, make no mistake about it. While I was recording a message outdoors about how to not worry and have less stress in your life, I had to dodge a mountain biker. Hi. How's it going? A random alarm went off in a warehouse. Can somebody turn the alarm off, please? I'm trying to have a nature moment. And a very loud airplane flew above me as I was trying to close out. To give more friends up. I've now fought an alarm, an airplane, and mountain bikers. It's been quite a day here. And I thought this was all a good reminder from the Lord that although the command is not to worry every day in everything you do, there are going to be stresses and pressures that we have to learn how to overcome because they're not going away. So I want to take you back to a hillside where a group of people, not unlike you and I, who had worries and pressures and stresses of their own life, sat at the foot of Jesus Christ. And in Luke chapter 12, they listened to him share with them an opportunity to not worry. Would you please listen to the word of the Lord coming to us from Luke chapter 12. These are the words of Jesus. A reading from Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, there I, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens of the field. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies of the field, the wildflowers that grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink and do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. Picture in your mind's eye Jesus speaking to you today and telling you, Do not worry. 
The first thing that Jesus does is he points out three problems with worry. The first is this. Worry trivializes life to the stuff that we have. This is why he says life is more than food in clothes. You know, it's tempting, isn't it, to get into a bubble of material hoarding. And it really deprives life of the mystery of coming out and experiencing God. Many of you know that I have my beloved dog, Bella, and Bella has the nastiest old uh, blanket you could ever imagine that she loves to sleep on. She eats on top of it. It is nasty. But you know, she is so possessive of that. To her, it's the most valuable thing in the world. Sometimes she will forego food. She will forego hopping in the pool. Other things she could do, running around with other doggies, because she treasures that little blanket. And for you and I, our stuff is like that nasty blanket. It is something we overvalue, and it actually trivializes life into just stuff. And we don't want to live on the level of Labradors. Not only does worry trivialize life to simply the stuff we have, worry replaces God with myself. When I choose to worry, what I'm really saying is I am God. I am in control. I am the master of the universe. And instead of relying on him to take care of things, I'm relying on myself. You know, we're supposed to live life in faith. As Christ followers, we're supposed to believe that God is powerful and capable of involving himself in our day-to-day -day routines. And you know, everything that we do in life is an act of faith. When you go to a restaurant and sit down and eat out, do you remember those days? Long, long, long time ago. Every food, every meal you've ever eaten that you didn't prepare yourself was an act of faith. Every time you get on an airplane, uh, my father hated airplanes. His famous quote was, they're pieces of metal that are trying to fly. But every time uh, we get on an airplane, that is an act of faith. We're trusting the pilot. And so living life is an invitation, just like eating a meal that you yourself didn't prepare, just like uh, flying on an airplane that you yourself are not the pilot of. Every day is an act of faith to trust God and to believe that he loves you more than the pilot who doesn't even know you and to believe that God wants to take care of you. Do I trust that God is in control? Do I really believe that God is good and that God cares for me? Do I believe, as Jesus says, that life is bigger than my worries and the stuff that I have? You know, for some of, the, some of us, this requires deprogramming ourselves from how we were raised. I myself, uh, I was raised in a kind of a spirit of scarcity. M many of us who are my age, our parents went through the depression and there was always looming this sense that things could economically upheave and there wouldn't be enough. Aren't you glad we live in a world where we don't have those worries anymore? But we have to learn to trust our Heavenly Father that God loves you and God wants to take care of you and that God has uh, the ability to provide for you and that he will be involved in your day-to-day -day life. And then finally, there's this. 
Worry doesn't work. And this is where Jesus really asks us a really pointed question. He says, who of you can add one hour to your life based on worry? And you know what? All the times you've worried, all the stress, all the pressure, not only does that not add any time to your life, we know medically that stress and worry actually subtracts time from our life. And the opposite of what we think happens, happens when we worry. Instead of protecting our life, we actually, through stress, uh, cause damage to our life and damage to our health. And let's be honest here, most of the stuff that's gonna get you in life, you got no idea is coming down the pipe anyway. And trying to worry about it and predict it isn't a useful use of our time. For these three reasons, Jesus commanded us and he said, do not worry. Worry trivializes your life to stuff that you're trying to protect. Worry replaces God with himself and worry doesn't work. So first, Jesus commands us, do not worry. But then he tells us to consider. There's a command and there's a consideration. The first thing that he wants us to consider is the birds of the air. I'm actually hoping at some point I'll get a bird to fly by me here and not a bicyclist. In verse 24, he says, Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds to God? Have you ever thought about that? You can walk all throughout the wilderness and birds don't really create large barns. They might have a small little nest, but birds are dependent on the day-to-day -day sustenance that their father in heaven gives them. Jesus, if we were honest, Jesus perpetually was pushing us towards simplicity, towards less, towards rejecting the lies of materialism to organize our lives around simplicity, trusting that God is able. In 2008, during the housing crisis, that was the last crisis, I had uh, the opportunity to walk beside a lot of people as they started to lose their homes. And one gift that God gave almost every family that went through that process is the realization that their lives were so much more than the homes that they had accumulated. I remember one family, they lost a beautiful home, lost a lot of money. I remember the dad saying, our lives are bigger than drywall and wood. And isn't that the truth? Isn't that the challenge of why Jesus said that the birds don't store up in barns? Don't believe the lie of materialism that says a new house will make your life better. A new friend will bring excitement. A new car will make you happier. Instead, the gospel challenges us to make addition by subtraction. But Jesus goes on, not only do we consider the birds of the air, but we consider how the wildflowers grow. 
In verse 27, he says, Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even King Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, how much more will he take care of you? I know my camera uh, focusing is kind of odd right now, but you have memories of walking outside and seeing wildflowers growing and how they almost speak to you. They almost scream to you of God's beauty and God's providence. You spend time in a slowed down state. You get out in nature, Jesus tells us, and you consider the things that are happening out here. And it reminds us that God is so much bigger than our problems. God is so much bigger than the COVID. God is so much bigger than your financial stress. God is so much bigger than that job. God is so much bigger than all of the things that are causing you stress. Creation screams at us and says God has things in control. And this is a challenge, isn't it? What if you were to commit to really understand that today, to really live fully in less things? And to just look around and realize that God is so much bigger, so much bigger than the day-to-day problems you have, stresses you have, and anxiety that you're facing. You know, we need to own this. It's no accident that Jesus gave us a remedy. Get outside. Go look at a bird. Consider. And in the, in the Greek, that word consider that Jesus said That doesn't mean consider like, hey, I'll think about it. It means examine. It means contemplate. It means grab the first weed you see and look. I don't know if it's a weed or not. And look at it and consider it and think about it and look at the flowers of the field. Look at what God is building in the world around us. Look at the birds of the air and in doing this, naturally through through nature, God will speak to us and God will bring us peace. As Christians, we're not pantheists. We don't believe uh, that, that God exists as creation, but we believe that creation reflects his power and screams songs to him because he is the creator. And that's why Jesus invites us to come out and to consider the lilies of the field. Consider the lilies of the field. And so finally, after giving us a command, which is do not worry, and then giving us a tool to not worry, which is to consider the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and see how they operate without a lot of stress, and yet God still provides for them. Jesus ends with this admonition that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else you want will be added to that. Do you find yourself more worried about the pandemic and about the economic stresses? Or are you worried about people finding and following Jesus? Are you more upset about the health pandemic than the global pandemic of cynicism and rejection of God's love? This invitation Jesus gives us, it's real. It means my finances go to build his kingdom 
It means I want to be a faithful witness in my world of hope and not of worry. And it means that every day when I wake up, I try to find the invisible ways God is calling me, and sometimes visible ways God is calling me to live faithfully and to put my faith into action. And as we transition right now and <clears throat> we prepare to receive the offering, I want to continue to thank you for your faithful service. And this is where we who are followers of Jesus Christ, we practically put into action the words that we say that we trust God, that God is faithful, that if we seek first after him, all of these other things will be added to us later. And I'm going to pray for our world and I'm going to pray for you this week that you will worry less and that you will look to the birds of the air. You'll look at the flowers of the fields and you'll discover that your father loves you. And now you can go about the business of fully living in his kingdom, reaching out to your neighbors, serving other people and loving faithfully, seeking first the kingdom of God. Lord, we are distracted by worries and I pray you would give us courage. Lord, we get internal and we get in a fear-based, stressed out mind instead of faithfully believing and remembering how good you are and the promise that Jesus gave us. Seek first God and his kingdom and everything else will fall in line. And I want to say that again. Put God's kingdom first, seek after it, follow him, and everything else will fall in line. Lord, bless the givers of these gifts. We give this offering to you because we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bless the givers of these gifts and bring your kingdom down. And we pray these things in your holy name, Lord. Amen.